Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Rhythm of Life with the amazing Steph McGovern. Now, Steph, I read something very, very interesting about you. I read that you were a lead producer in business hours of BBC One and the 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock news. And you even work with Robert Peston. Yeah. Blew my mind. I know. That was dead exciting, that. That was when it was the middle of the financial crisis. And our business news was literally leading all the bulletins every day. So mm-hmm. we were like putting together the lead pieces for the one, six and 10 o'clock news every day. I mean, it was so busy. Yeah. I didn't see like anyone outside of work for so long because I was just totally like working all wow. the time. Like sometimes I'd get home after the six o'clock news and I'd be like, get in, I can relax. And then my phone would go and it would be Robert Peston again going, right, we're doing a piece of the 10 o'clock news. You need to come back in. <gasps> then I'd go back in and we'd do the 10 o'clock news. But it was dead exciting because we were doing stuff. Like, it was genuinely, we were finding stuff out before anyone else. And so we were finding out, like, what was happening with all of the banks and stuff. And then we were telling everyone on telly. And so that was just really, like... It's so exciting and we were going in number 10 all the time mm-hmm. we were constantly like interviewing the prime minister and the chancellor and so we were we were constantly going there and it was just dead exciting to be part of such a big news story so yeah it was crazy times but brilliant how does it work when you are a part of that side of the the news because that's important information do you deliver it as facts or do you kind of soften the blow or do you just go with the blow what kind of responsibility do do you take on well as a journalist you have to be totally balanced so you you have to just deliver the facts and then let people make their own minds up Uh, and the key to it as well is is trying to make sure you've got all the facts Mm. so that you're not just you know swayed by one set of data you've got to look at that data and think is it is it have enough people been you know if it's a survey have enough people been spoken to for this to actually count so something you can extrapolate from or is this data for just a one-off or is it given as a long-term picture so you you're looking at everything in front of you yeah. in order to be then able to tell the story or you're trying to get as many sources for things as possible because it's really important that we you know because we can influence what yeah. people do and and so therefore it, it's absolutely your duty as a journalist to not put opinion in to just put in what you know what the facts are yeah. on both sides like everything has to be balanced as well sometimes that was really hard because with brexit you're trying to be balanced about it yeah but there were you know some industries where it was clearly weighted in one direction i.e it might have been that 
that industry was really for Brexit, yeah. but you had to also give the counter argument. But maybe it was really hard to find that count. Might have been really hard to find that counter argument. And then similarly in other industries, it would be the other way where they'd be really against Brexit, and then it'd be yeah. really hard to find the voice saying that actually Brexit is a good thing. And so you were constantly trying to um, find it. make it balanced, but but then. Yeah. Not not always getting it right. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, you, we don't always get it right. Sometimes we got stuff wrong, and then we'd be like, right, okay, how can we be better? How can we make it better? But I, that's the thing I loved about it, though, is that's is is the kind of collecting all of that information and then trying to work out how we could deliver it in an interesting mm. way and in a balanced way. How much influence do you actually think that? The, the let's say the news section of the media has on the public how how powerful are they yeah i i mean a lot of influence because people will make decisions about people about politicians about policies based on what you're telling them the impact is or what you're saying about um you know what the politicians might be saying based on an interview they've done with you so people will be watching the news and then creating their own opinion from it so it can be really influential yeah. also you know in the business world i could interview business leaders and it could impact their stock stocks and shares their share price might fall down because they've just done a bad interview and that did happen with some interviews i had where they the boss of the company didn't do a particularly good interview and their share price fell like 30% because then all the shareholders were like, well, hang on a minute, that's not that's not painting a very good picture of what's going to happen with the business. You know, yeah. and like the governor of the Bank of England, when you interviewed him um, during the financial crisis, that, was, that could influence the, the entire stock market. Yeah, so suddenly, based on what he said, it could impact the stock market. So, and then that affects people's pensions and that affects people's investments and so all of those things you have a responsibility to be you know impartial mm -hmm. and make sure that you you know you deliver it in, a, in an understandable way so then that mm. people can go and make their own judgments and you know god we face criticism all the time when you do the news you get everyone telling you you're left wing you're right wing you're this you walk you're not walk you're whatever you are like everyone and often yeah. in one piece you can have every single person on every side of the table telling you they think that you're a certain way and actually the way I used to judge it is if everyone's having a go at us we must have done it balanced then if all these people from all the different political um sides think we were anti their side then that probably means it was all right <laughs> Yeah. So then when did you go from being behind the scenes to in front of the camera? Well, it's just one of those absolutely classic TV stories where someone was ill one day on the radio on um, Chris Evans's show, the girl who did the business news, Rebecca Pike, and she uh, was ill. And, and so Chris Evans wanted like it to be a female financial journalist because that fitted with the dynamics of his show and so the boss of radio at the bbc was walking past me in the corridor and he like overheard me telling this animated story <laughs> to robert peston and he was just like hey steph have you ever done live radio before and i just lied and i said yeah <laughs> and he said and i haven't i've only ever been a guest 
on a show. And he was like, do you want to go and do Chris Evans' show this afternoon with him? And I was like, yeah. Thinking, oh my God. Uh, really? But it was brilliant. And Chris Evans is like one of the most generous presenters. Like he, you know, I learned a lot from him about his philosophy on we all want to sound good. I'm going to make you feel a million dollars on my show because then you'll be sound great on the show and then that's good for yeah. my show. So, like, that's what he did. Like, when he introduced me, he was like, yay, this amazing girl. And I'm like, wow, Chris Evans is saying this about me. Um, so it was, it was, and that's what started it. Then I was yeah. filling in on his show whenever Rebecca wasn't there. And then, and then similarly, like the TV boss was just like, Steph, have you ever done live telly? I was like, yeah. No, I haven't. said yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and again, I think I just throw myself in at the deep end. I think that's the best way to do it is, is just, there's yeah. a certain element of black that comes to all of our jobs, isn't there? Like we all, we're all blagging a bit, you know? So I think it's all right to admit that and think, yeah it's it's fine you don't have to be perfect all the time you don't even have to be perfect that often you've just got to be able to like do your best and not worry too yeah, much you have to have a bit of courage yeah oh yeah totally yeah. I, and i'm a risk taker i am someone who's quite risky have you always been like that or is that something that kind of that that you love like that thrill of taking risks yeah i think I've, i haven't always been like that i think i've become more like that Mainly, I, I listen to what people say to me as well. I do listen to advice. And I've had other presenters say to me, like, don't do the safe route. Just try things out because you don't want to look back and think, why did I say no? Like, I should have just tried my best because what's the worst that can happen? You do it, you're rubbish at it, but then no one remembers. Like, people don't remember shows that didn't work, do they? They only remember the things that, like, they all... No, unless it's an absolute disaster and you end up getting fired or something in an awful way because you've done something awful. But on the whole, I think it was other presenters saying it to me. It was just like take, take risks. Don't be afraid. Don't say yes to things, and then work out how you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I f- I feel like I do that as well. People are like you're doing so much. I was like, yeah, I'm doing everything to see what I hate what I'm bad at and what I love. And I feel like I, I just black it anyway. And so I remember yeah. my first memory of you is when I came to this country and you were doing a shopping show with Alex Jones. I think it was called Shop More for Less. Yeah. I remember that. And shop Well like, for Less. Yeah, yeah, Shop Well for Less. And I was like, how? what? What is this? How is this possible? How is that? How did you get into that? Yeah, well, that came from... So I was doing the news um, and, you know, doing really serious stuff. But I would always try and have a bit of a a laugh in what I did. So, you know, if I was out filming somewhere like at a toy fair talking about the toy industry I'd then like go and run and jump on a space <laughs> hopper and d- try and deliver the news on a space hopper or on a trampoline or I would like try and have a laugh with people as well or do daft things just to make it more interesting because some of the things yeah. were to a lot of people boring so I wanted them to just l- enjoy what I did even if they didn't care about what I was saying so then other producers saw that that was my like style of presenting and they and and that I knew what I was talking about with business and finance so and and obviously the BBC is brilliant at consumer programs yeah. so they they just approached me and uh, the production company making it and said oh you know do you fancy 
doing a consumer show with Alex Jones and I'd not met Alex really? ever. Like we didn't know each other. We knew no, we knew of each other. I knew she was Welsh, she knew I was Northern and we knew we'd seen each other a bit on telly, but we didn't know each other. So we were brought together for a lunch and I was quite nervous because I thought, you don't know if you're gonna get on with someone or not. Well, her and I just never <laughs> shut up when we're together. You know, we're like and we get on so well. And I love working with her because she's such a brilliant presenter. And she was brilliant at, like, again, really generous. And she would say the same. Like, she worked with Chris Evans for a long time. And I think he taught both of us about it's really important to be generous as a presenter. Yeah, don't let leave space for the people you're with to also to shine. Mm. And that'll make everyone look good. So her and I had a worked brilliantly together we would we'd know each other's jokes and when they were coming and we'd be able to jump in on each other and and know that and leave space for each other to do our bits and and I think I absolutely love Al she's brilliant and I hope we get to do shows together again because I mean we both then ended up having babies and couldn't film because you know we were because of our schedules but we, we always, every so often, meet up and go, right, what should we do next? <laughs> Let's do another show. Let's think of ideas that we can do. But it's really, yeah. it's brilliant when that happens, when you meet someone at work who, you know, you get on with. And I do, like, I do love yeah. work. I think we're so lucky, aren't we, yeah. Otty, that we've got a job we love. So I want to go in, I want to be cheerful at work. I want to, you know, the times if I ever think this is rubbish, then get out and go yeah, and do something true. else because... It's not rubbish, it's brilliant, and I'm really Yeah, I, I love that. Who were your inspirations when you were going for these jobs and, and just trying new things? Yeah. It was a lot of the people who were my bosses who were brilliant. So I had some great editors, obviously the editor being the kind of boss in charge of these TV shows. Mm-hmm. So they were all really good. They would really push me. Like Robert Peston really pushed me to go on air. Um, and then in terms of people I used to watch, it's just, it was all the classic brilliant presenters of yeah. you know my era of the... Your Denise Van Outens, your Zoe Balls. You know, it was, it was all these... Emma Willis, people like that. I just think they're such amazing presenters. So it was thinking, I want to be like them. Yeah. I want to be like that. I just thought they're really sassy. They're really relatable. And they're the people who I always looked up and thought I wanted to be. And do you know what? A funny story for you. So I always wanted to be Zoe Ball, <laughs> literally all my life. And um, went to watch Strictly. Yeah. And I went, I think I went with my mum in the audience. I went to watch it. And I was stood next to this woman who said to me, oh, you really remind me of um, my daughter. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you. She was like, yeah, you really do. And I said, oh, cool, cool. I then realised it was Zoe Ball's <gasps> mum. And I was like, oh, oh she said I reminded you of Zoe. Oh, my God. And I was just stood there like, oh my god Zoe's mum said that to me and 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 Zoe's been really lovely to me as well in my career too so all that kind of thing and then it's also on the other side not just presenters it's like really strong female comedians like Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders I literally hero worship them and you know people like Victoria Wood like all these women who just have done their done their jobs brilliantly in quite often a male dominated Mm. area 
there and they haven't gone on about being women they've just done their jobs yeah. brilliantly and that they're the people i've gone like oh i just want to be, be a bit like them do, do you think that's um, important because so yeah. i mean everybody says representation is important which it, it really really is but do you sometimes think or feel that you should just get on get on with it get to that job get on with it and then being a woman is kind of like the cherry on top yeah totally that that's what i mean like i don't think to myself oh i really want to be a northern woman who does well <laughs> i just think i just want to be a person who yeah. does well i don't define myself as one particular thing you know mm. i don't yeah okay so i'm a, a a gay woman who's done business journalism or whatever all of those different things you could put a label but i'm i'm not i'm actually just me i'm yeah. this daft lass from borough who is on the <laughs> on the telly yeah. and i and i do it for me not for i don't do it to represent thing if that if that's the byproduct brilliant like if people are inspired because they see me then brilliant but but i'm not doing it for that yeah, if you know what i mean yeah. like i'm just i just want to be good at my job yeah. i don't want to be tokenistic i don't want to be, you know there was a point where when i worked on breakfast people were like oh well you only got the job because you're northern you're a northern woman yeah because you you know you've you've got it because they're moving to the north and i'm like no i absolutely <laughs> fought for this job i've been yes. in the bbc for 10 years before this i you know i have it's not because i'm northern i've got it because i've grafted at it because let's face it you can't you know you, it's about being good at the job yeah it's not about and and it's important to get diversity don't get me wrong i think we should be absolutely be bringing through people of all backgrounds and we should be trying to give equal education equal training opportunities to everybody Mm -hmm. without a shadow of a doubt and then you will lift everyone up and that will give you diversity it's it's about social mobility it's about doing all the things that it's not just about having role models on telly it's also about how we educate and train young people so that they know nothing is holding them back apart from themselves like actually no matter what their background is they are just as good as anybody else well why do you think because i've spoken to so many people why do you think there's always one person who will who will find a reason why you're not there except the reason of why you're there why is there always someone who'll go you only got that job because you're northern you only got that because uh, they want yeah. a woman you only got that because you're welsh or you're black or you're a black woman yeah. like why do you think yeah. that is or is yeah. it the voice that we put in our own heads mm, yeah yeah well no i think there are people out there saying stuff like that and i, I and i think they're jealous like i just think it it's about people's own insecurities you know i think trolls are just like school bullies if you if you break down a school bully to to the fundamentals of who they are they're probably someone who's having a really terrible time at home or you know just something about them they're they're really insecure in themselves because that's the only reason i can see for bringing other people down like why why else would you want to make statements like that and then knock other people's confidence you're only doing that if you it's because you're lacking in your own yeah. confidence like i think and you you do always hear it and i think until we get to a point where we've got diversity across the board in every sector we are still gonna keep hearing oh well so and so when he got it because of this and that and how do you how do you deal with it how do you overcome it 
I just pr- think proven wrong. Do your job well. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, I don't overly think about it. I think, well, if my bosses think I can do it, yes, then, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being paid, then... And I love it. Obviously, it's going all right. Yeah, like, because when I first started on Breakfast Telly, you know, I did get loads of abuse about my accent. Like, oh, how can she possibly be intelligent with that voice? How can she have gone to university and still have that voice? You know, she needs elocution lessons and all this and all that. And I, and actually, it, I think that's their ignorance. Yeah. God, do you really think people with an accent can't be intelligent? Well, more fool you. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, some of the <laughs> cleverest people in the world, everyone's got an accent. Even if you don't have an accent, you've, that that's a form of an yeah. accent. So, like... That and I, I think what I try to do is think when people think like that about me, they're underestimating me. And anyone who underestimates me, I can just pull the rug from underneath them and step I over them that. to go to the next level. Like if you're gonna underestimate me, then that's your fault, not mine. Like you, I love that. Yeah, that's your I problem. It. It, it is though. It's ignorance, yeah. isn't it? It's like people making assumptions about you just because of the way you speak or the way you look or who you you know the person you've chosen to mm. be with or the you the religion you are whatever like it's just Amazing. if they make assumptions about you based on that then they're ignorant yeah ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now with everything that you've had and this incredible career... It now leads you to that couch where I met you at Steph's pet lunch. Now I love, I love, I, I feel like for me Steph was one of the first jobs that I ever had where you were constantly going, "It's fine, make mistakes." <laughs> I know you read that word wrong. It's fine, and I loved it because it doesn't yeah. feel like a show. It honestly feels like we're out somewhere in a bar and we're all chatting how did the idea come about and and what do you love so much about the show yeah well I'm so pleased you said that because that's exactly what I wanted to create was I don't it's not about this polished perfectly polished tv show where everyone's perfect and you know none of us go to the toilet or (laughs) none of us anything ever goes wrong in our lives it's it, I just in you know our audience the the audience of telly is made up of a mix of people yeah. we're all humans we've all got our sense of weaknesses we've all got different stories to tell and it, and it, and what I wanted to do was create a show which is really inclusive in terms of 
anyone can be on there and I am not going to judge you. You can, you know, we've interviewed, haven't we, all yeah. sorts of different people with all kinds of stories, yes. some that people might find funny, people might find weird. And my view is, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to judge yeah. you. I'm going to find out more about you because it's interesting, but I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to tell you that's wrong or you shouldn't think that way or you shouldn't be doing it. I'm just going to make you feel comfortable enough to tell us about it. I'm not going to have any judgment about it. And I, and so for me, I wanted, I want the show to be like a level playing yeah. field. So no matter if you're a top celeb or you're a, you know, somebody who's normal and had something yeah. extraordinary happen to you, or you just want to tell us about your life because it's an interesting part yeah. of it, then you're treated equally. Yeah. Like, we're all the same. It's not... You're, nobody's any different. And that was really important to me because in all the telly I've done and all the times I've... All the people I've interviewed, mm-hmm. everyone from, you know, Trump <laughs> to people who've been... Who've rescued people in terror attacks to people um, who've, um, you know, created amazing businesses everyone everyone deserves the chance to tell their story and everyone deserves the same value given to it and um and that and and the most interesting people i offer me are the people who who are who are normal who've just got extraordinary things that have happened or they've got interesting things that they can tell other people about and then other people can learn from it or be inspired by it or so that that was the fundamentals for me i wanted to inspire people um, entertain people and in in a funny way or in an easy way educate people in certain things as yeah. well like around consumer stuff or around health or pets or whatever it is um and that that's the kind of environment i wanted to create you do um, it so well and yeah you do it how did the idea actually formulate or how did they say steph you're gonna you're gonna chat for yeah. two hours yeah I know. So what happened was I was still at breakfast telly doing the show. I was pregnant, heavily pregnant. And um, Channel 4 said they wanted to launch a daytime show in yeah. Leeds. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Because where I'm from is it's not that far away from Leeds, where I grew up. And I was like, yeah. brilliant. This would be so cool. And then um lots of people pitched ideas to channel four you know for what to do and we all kind of did different pilot versions mm-hmm. of the show and um yeah so i with this the production team came up with this idea and originally it was the steph yes. show because well actually originally it was called big lunch or something like that and then they said oh well actually because you're so much of it let's call it after your name and then when we did it from the house, because it was never meant to come from my house, because obviously lockdown meant we did do it from the house. Um, then we did that. And then we were like, right, OK, well, how do we take this to the next level? Now we're going back into the yeah. studio. Then that's when pack lunch came about, which I really like as well, because we wanted to differentiate from the show yes. home. And also just I like that kind of play on words of, yeah, it is going to be a really packed yeah. show, pack lunch. And I had a little pack lunch at school and... And and it's quite more Channel Four, like when they used Mel and Sue used to do light lunch. It's that and big breakfast. Yeah. It kind of fits with that Food. theme, and so that yeah. So that so it's like been a, an effort of like working out what works and what doesn't yeah. work, and then you know changing bits and bobs. Um, but it's that's the exciting thing as well. Like Channel Four have been amazing to me because they've really given me free reign to do things. Like I really wanted lunch mates. Yeah. I really wanted 
members of the public to sit and be part of the gang and for them to tell us their stories and so and they went with that even though they were like what 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 are we (laughs) doing um yeah but then that that's good because some of our funniest stories come from the lunch i was gonna ask which Um, one which one was the most outrageous story that you ever heard i don't know you choose whether good or bad where you're like oh my goodness we're actually doing this off the show yeah, well, there's been a couple of things recently in particular. So, um, and but I love this, and I, you, you like, you know what I'm going to say. Um, but when when we did the story about people in their older age, um, swingers party, going yes. to swingers parties and things, and we brought on this brilliant woman in her late sixties, Siobhan. You know who I'm talking about. She, I, I was there. She, yeah, exactly. You you were there, and. Um, she she came in and everyone was a bit giggly, like, oh, granny chatting about having sex yeah. in her old age. Oh, everyone laughing. But do you know what? It was brilliantly liberating because she was just like, yeah, do you know what? I was a Christian for 40 years of my life. I was told no sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I thought it was this awful thing. Then this young, fit rugby player told me I was gorgeous. And now I'm into swinging parties. And I was just like... But, but I think Fair enough. all of us, even in the audience, we were just like, yeah, yeah, giving her rounds of applause. And I'm like, yes, yes, go, go. Yeah. And then the good thing about that was, I mean, that she was interested in herself. But then to talk about sexual health mm. in later life was really interesting because we got loads of questions from people in their 60s, 70s and 80s asking about sexual health because, you know, there's an assumption that once you've had the menopause then you know you don't need to worry about protection but actually there's been a big rise in older people getting stis because they're not using protection so all of that then you know so they so it comes back to that thing of this lady is going to inspire some of our audience um, we're, we're, you know, there's a fun element because of the cheekiness of talking about sex and waving sex toys on the set or whatever else, which was a bit too much for me. <laughs> and then also a bit of education on just, yeah. you know, you, STIs are still a problem when you're older and um, that's important too. So, yeah, I, I think that, that was one of those ones which was like strange, but also brilliantly yeah. strange in that. I'm glad we were talking about it because we should normalise these types of things so that people feel, like, empowered. I was going to ask you, do you want to cover stories that aren't really out there, but, pe- but people actually do go out, they do go yeah. through and they don't really talk about it? Like, for me, to say <laughs> sex on the show, I, I, I even felt, I was like, and everybody was like, don't make a joke. And I said, sex. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Yeah. Do you want to normalise yeah. these conversations that people don't usually have? Yeah, totally. Like, we should all be able to talk about these things without it being, like, you know, us feeling uncomfortable or whatever. And that and it, and that comes to, back to the same point with all the lads on the show yeah. talking about mental health. You know, I, I love it when all the lads chip in with things yeah. about that that you wouldn't necessarily normally hear them talk about. And that comes back to that point of it's not judgy, yeah. like anything goes. You know, for example, we've had people on the show who are are in relationships with inanimate objects. Yeah. And that's fine too. Yeah. If they want to do that, that's, they're not hurting anyone. No. So that's their bag. And actually by having the person explain it on the telly, their feelings and their understandings, that h- helps educate all of us. Yeah. Because then we're like, well, 
if there are people out there who are like that, then that's fair enough. Oh, like, it's up to them. That's so good. we should just be more accepting of it. Yeah, no, I love that. But I have two more questions to ask you. And thank you so much for just being so brilliant. Uh, the first question is, how would you describe today the rhythm of your life? With everything you've oh. been through. Yeah. So the rhythm, how would I describe it? Well, it, I think the rhythm is chaotic. It's one that has no rhythm in my life. But but although saying that, since I've had my baby, I think that's brought like a, um, a whole other dimension to my life where for the first time ever I do have routine because it's impossible not to have routine if you have a child. So I think the rhythm of my life now is very much one that is I feel ultimately fulfilled because I've got a job I love a partner who's amazing and a little girl who's just brought so much joy into my life um I sound really smug though no, don't you I smell, you, you sound I mean, amazing don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love that you're saying that and you've just, got baby pee on your leg so it just makes it all amazing <laughs> yeah and, and don't get me wrong there's obviously like most people there's times when shit things happen and mm. whatever else but I just feel absolutely lucky to be in the place I'm in now with everything so yeah, I think my rhythm of life is fulfilled. Nice. And lastly, what are the three things you are most grateful for? Monster Munch, Kit Kats and Parmos. <laughs> you know, I've never had a Parmos. And every time I you speak up a Parmos, one day I caught myself, my husband said, hi babe, and I went, hello. And, and he's like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Steph in me. Palmo. Are those yeah, the things? That is... <laughs> Even you say Palmo is the funniest thing ever. Palmo. That's how you say it. I always, I always say, I said to the producers of the podcast that one day when I accept an award, I'm going to say, hello, my name is Ote. I'm absolutely grateful for being here. <laughs> I'm just going to go proper northern. Just go oh, full on northern. My God. Next time you're on the show, I'm going to do a whole item where you speak Northern. <laughs> Amazing. I'll go from Northern to Jamaican. <laughs> thank you, Steph, so yeah. much for joining me on The Rhythm of Life. It's oh, been no, a- thank you. And thank you, Oti, for being literally the happiest person ever. You're, like, always so cheerful. Everyone says it on the show. You're literally, like, favourite. No, and, no, I love um, it. I, I love Steph because it's just... It's a community of normal, bubbly, fun people. And even if I come in feeling down, somebody's going to ask me the most awkward, awkward question that I've ever had. Like, what do you think about, <laughs> like, just random stuff? And I'll just be like, what? There's not. I felt so bad, but now I'm laughing. And I, I just always feel great <laughs> afterwards. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you do an amazing job at everything you do as well. So mutual appreciation. Mwah. 